1: Just close your eyes, turn around and count to nine.
2: When you open them, I will be gone.
3: Season number 126 for MSU. Season number 125 for the Spartans was amazing.
4: What do you do for an encore? I want to find out who I am. I want to find out what I got. That's why I came to Michigan State. I want to find out what I got. There's only one way you can find out, guys. Though. You have to lay everything on the line. You have to give it everything that you have.
3: Play fake to Broussard. Thorne throws right side. Nice Fingertip catch and a heck of a That's grab. Right and turning toward the end zone and ready to score for Michigan State is Jeremy Bernard. Touchdown, MSU. And he's in trouble and down he goes. He is sacked by Aaron Brule. Back to Peyton Thorne. Throws back of the end zone. One hand grab by Daniel Barker. What a catch. Touchdown, MSU. Hit, hangs onto the football, and falls forward. Chris Bogle made the play. Inside the 10, a leaping catch. Oh. It's Keon Coleman into the end zone. Touchdown MSU. There Trying it is. Stay upright, but he taking the rest. He's ball is loose. We got it. And the Spartans have recovered. Berger at the 40, the 35 and the 30. Now the 25 and the 20 yard line dancing along the far right sideline. Hands the ball off to Berger. Pile drives right up the middle. Touchdown, MSU. Four. Down the middle. Pass caught. Touchdown, Spartans. out 43 yards out. It's 17 in green and white. There's Halifax being pressured. Oh. oh, man. And he shakes away. But Jacoby Winman has him for a sack anyway. Spartans win it 35 to 13. I
4: love this football team. I mean, this, this team, man, like listen, we have a chance to be really, really good. Yeah, this is just the beginning. That's not the end. This is one game. We're one and zero, oh, okay? And then we're gonna go. We're going to the next one.
0: Welcome to another episode of the SD4L Show. I'm here with my co-host Brian Masalam. I'm Justin Thin. Thanks for joining us again this evening. Brian, how are you doing today?
2: I'm fantastic. I'm still celebrating your uh, your new gig here. <laughs> congratulations on! Uh,
0: appreciate that.
2: Becoming the beat writer for uh, for the uh, for Michigan State University for for the athletics. So uh, appreciate. That. How's that going for it's you? It's
0: going well. It's going well. It's um, a great opportunity. Um, I know Colton did a great job um, making sure that. It was understood for everybody that the Michigan State beat is one that deserves coverage. It's a market that has a lot of enthusiasm and passionate fans. Um, So after he left, I kind of um, decided to see if uh, that's something I was qualified for and um, turns out that uh, that's what I'll be doing for the rest of the season, contributing uh, every single after every single game. So we'll we'll see how we'll see how that uh, is received by the fans.
2: Well, I think you're you're more than qualified. And judging by the reaction on social media, the uh, Spartan Nation is extremely excited to have you. So so congrats, congrats, yeah. and uh, we wish you all the best in your your you future your future endeavors. Yeah. On to MSU football. Yeah, the more important MSU topic. MSU beats. Western Michigan, 35-13. Talk to me a little bit about that. It It was a game
0: that looked close at times in the third quarter, but Michigan State was never really at risk of losing that. I don't think anybody would say that that was the case. Um, there were a lot of good moments in that game, some that were familiar, such as Peyton Thorne throwing four touchdown passes, um, though at, at times um, there's uh, some improvement there that can be had. But at the end of the day, um, solid run defense always is uh, Michigan State's staple. So that was a repeated theme, but also some new themes that were seen in this game, some, some edge rushing that was done. Um, a new flexible defensive scheme in the backfield. So, some new and some familiar signs for Michigan State
2: in this week's win. So, so you're just your early observations and your observations of the game. Right. You know, kind of tell us uh, what you saw out there in game one, because game one can always be tricky. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure, because Western Michigan was going to have a new offensive um, coordinator, obviously, Peyton Thorne's dad, Jeff Thorne. Um, So Michigan State didn't know exactly what they were preparing for there. Um, Overall, in the entire game, I think there were a lot of positives, uh, more positives than negatives for sure. Um, The overall kind of assessment that I took away from the game is Michigan State has a lot of options on offense and defense. On offense, that was seen from um, five touchdowns from five different guys um on on defense it was seen with all the different guys that got to the quarterback uh, the different ways they got to the quarterback the different ways each guy was used which we'll dive into as well but a lot of optionality in terms of the personnel and offense and defense was my
2: number one takeaway so when you look at like let's talk about specific players right, <clears throat> right. let's when you look at jacoby winman's debut what did you see
0: Yeah, Jacoby Winman was a guy that coming into this game, we were not entirely sure how he would be used because at UNLV, he was a great um, defensive end in 2020. Honorable mention all-conference. Then 2021, shifted to inside linebacker, was all-conference, second team. So he was very good in both roles. Coming into this Michigan State season, um, we didn't know where we would see him line up. So from the first snap on, he was uh, mostly a stand-up edge rusher. In doing so, he had seven tackles, four sacks, one forced fumble, Um, and I would also say that two other sacks, one that was uh, Aaron Brule's first sack of the game and one that was Chris Bogle's sack, he had um, a lot to do with that. I think on Aaron Brule's, he was um, the one that was the one that got two hands on the quarterback and kind of had him move left in the pocket. And Aaron Brule was waiting for J- Jack Salapak there. And then on Bogle's sack, um, he was the one that got him to climb the pocket and retreat enough to the point where um, Bogle was able to disengage and get the sack. So honestly, four sacks, but I credit him with six. And I believe PFF gave him eight total quarterback pressures. So I think mm. on 24 pass rush, or I think uh, he had over half of his snaps that led to a,
2: a rush, a pass, a pass rush credited. Definitely making, um, making a difference. So, you know, expanding more, you had a, an interesting tweet this weekend about when you broke down the film of, of Jacoby right. and, and the way he was rushing the passer and the way that he was trained. Let's play that now for us.
0: Great game last night from Jacoby Winman in his MSU debut. The UNLV transfer had seven tackles, four sacks, one forced fumble, which you see right there. He used a variation of the ghost move, as you see right there, with the duck under. Um, didn't use the long arm that Robert Mathis and Von Miller and some of those guys used, but had a lot of success with it. And um, I think you can credit that to Brandon Jordan, MSU's new Password Specialist. But also, um, Jacoby has always shown a great deal of athleticism and bend going back to his UNLV days. In 2020, he was the All-Mountain West Conference honorable mention defensive end. Before he then moved to inside linebacker and was all, all Mountain West second team, so you see a lot of versatility and athleticism from him. I expect him to have a great year for Michigan State, and he has a wide array of pass rush moves that um, he's added to his arsenal since transferring.
2: Very, very good insight. You've been high on him from day one. You've talked about how you from day one you've talked about how MSU should use him. Yeah. And, uh... You know, obviously, he came off the edge. he have been training under Brandon. And um, when you watch the tape on him, when you look at it, what jumps out at you?
0: I think the fact that he just looks different and he passes the eye test was the very first thing I saw. Um, I think December 2nd was my first tweet on Windman. I think I went back to look at the record there. Um, back then, before he even committed to Michigan State... I think that what I saw from him at UNLV, the way he moved sideline to sideline at inside linebacker, but then put his hand in the dirt and led the team in sacks um, while looking just apart, if you look at him physically, I think I just saw a guy that Michigan State hasn't had someone like that here in a while. I don't think I put it that way uh, back at that point. I wanted to see how things would translate in camp. And um I think the proof is in the pudding now. I think um, he's, he's a special special breed.
2: Just got to stack them. You got to get better every day, yeah. right? So Jacoby's uh, set to join us later today. But uh, Cal Halliday, huh? Ten mm. tackles yeah, all over the field. Thought he flashed. Thought he chose some speed. Yeah. What were your takes on that?
0: Yeah, Cal Halliday, just as reliable as they come. Um, last year as a redshirt freshman, had um, obviously a breakthrough season. He was all America, all-freshman and um he was a guy that once again 10 tackles final over the field it's going to be huge for michigan state this year especially with darius snow out we'll talk more about that later but just a solid guy they're going to count on a lot but um i think uh somebody else that had a great game brian uh chester kimbrough he's a solid solid cornerback in the slot he's a guy that um last year um was uh, improving ever so slightly every week but some injuries here and there and A lot of fans were excited to see how he would look in a new role this year as we had previewed throughout the the offseason michigan state was set to move into a more nfl type of 4-2-5 where the nickel is no longer a thumper it's a slot corner a true coverage guy and uh, that's chester kimbrough um i was looking at the analysis of of what he kind of had in terms of his performance and he was targeted six times he allowed only one completion for 12 yards And with him being the slot corner and Western Michigan's best receiver, Corey Crooms, lined up in the slot over 75% of the time, Mm. that kind of tells you most of the game he was covering their best receiver and he gave up one catch on six targets. I think he was one of the most underrated players from that game, if you ask me.
2: Because it was quiet. Right. Because it was quiet and because there wasn't any plays in which. Mm -hmm the pa announcer could announce his name but when he watched the tape he jumped off at the on on the tape and and did a phenomenal job um you know we had Jaden reed on a couple weeks ago and he talked about who would surprise us yeah and who did he say he said ben van Sumeren, and who had a hell of a game
0: Yeah, Ben Van Sumeren. you saw him flying around uh, sideline to sideline, running backs, uh, as you see there, wide receivers on jet sweeps, quarterbacks leaving the pocket. None of them could get past him uh, on most accounts. And he's a guy that always had that athletic side to him, but he seems to have really, really tuned up his agility. Um, Always been a, a workout warrior, but has added a new dimension to his game. He is a guy that is going to be huge for Michigan State also now that snow is out. And um, I think the the stuff you saw from him tools-wise, that's not a flash in the pan. Those are translatable skills that can yield production against any competition that is on Michigan State's schedule. So I don't know if he'll go ahead and rack up 11 tackles once again, but he has some skills that Michigan State's going to need, and I expect him to come up big for them throughout the season.
2: No question. I mean, he flashed and he he lived up to the billing. It's interesting, right, when there's media hype – there's tv hype and then there's players watching everyday practice mm. right mm. watching guys flash in practice yeah and i think Jaden hit it hit the nail on the head yeah when he talked about uh, uh van sumeren so we're excited to see him develop and grow as the year goes on yeah let's talk a little bit about jalen Berger. i thought he had a fantastic oh, game yeah.
0: Yeah, you see uh, Jalen right there on the screen. He's a guy that uh, we knew had the more uh, power, um, strength kind of um, skill set out of the two transfer running backs. At Wisconsin, he was known for always having the correct decision making in terms of which hole to hit. And he would go ahead and get every yard that was blocked for you, and nothing less, no nice waste of time dancing. Um, so he's a guy that went ahead and showcased that this week. And uh, he had a great jump cut in uh, the fourth quarter at about, I think, the eight-minute mark. And uh, he, took a, he took a ball f- uh, 50 yards. Uh, that really added to his production. He finished the game with 120 yards and a touchdown on just 16 carries. Um, he's a guy that just, you know, he's going to be not wasting any holes. He's going to go ahead and get you every yard that's blocked for, like I said. So um, I'm excited to see how him and both uh, Jerk Broussard, uh, go ahead and have some production when the holes are maybe a little smaller against Big Ten production. I would say that Broussard is the guy that has a little more wiggle, a little more bounce. Um, but Berger is a guy that seemed to me quicker and more explosive than he was at Wisconsin. I agree. Yeah, so, so that'll be interesting. He
2: actually looks about 10 pounds lighter. Yeah. Am I wrong in saying
0: that? I agree, I agree. That's why I, yeah. I looked like to- that to me too.
2: Totally agree. I thought the way he attacked the burst in the hole. And he actually had his, the wiggle... He had more of a wiggle. Yeah. Maybe it's when you watch Wisconsin and how slow their offense moves. <laughs> it looks different, but but he definitely had, yeah. he had some wiggle and some yeah. speed. So. I also
0: want to add, if you look at the um, PFF stats, which I know are um, subjective in a lot of ways, but he was great at Michigan State's best plat- pass blocker on the entire team last game. That
2: That is very, very important as a yep. back, to understand who to pick up on the blitz yep. pickup yep. and to understand yep. who to block. Yeah. And a lot of these backs that don't see the field that people wonder, he's a great running back, mm-hmm. how come he's not on the field? It's because understanding who you need to block on either a run play or especially blitz pickup Yeah, and understanding who your guy is. And that, you know, over the experience that I, that I have had, that's kept a lot of running backs on the sidelines Yes. that – Yeah. Is that when you do not know who to block on on blitz pickup? Yeah.
0: And when you start to watch um, draft coverage and it starts getting towards April and you see all these guys that were Doak Walker finalists, um, those top five kind of running backs every year, you think, all right, these guys are going to go one, two, three, four, five in the draft. Some of those guys end up being the ninth or 10th running back taken just because those guys are watching the tape on pass blocking so huge for Michigan State for Jalen Berger to have that in his repertoire and that does not deem Broussard irrelevant in passing downs because he actually was one of the best route runners for Michigan State in the game. So both guys have different assets that they can bring on passing downs for Michigan State out of the backfield.
2: Mm. Good stuff. All good stuff. And everybody's fan favorite, mm. Keon Coleman. Did he flash or what? He did. He absolutely did. I think he had a quote this offseason
0: um, where he said, those 50-50 balls, to me, they're 80-20. He said, I'm going to go up and get them. Uh, that's paraphrasing, but those were the numbers I believe he used. I
2: love that confidence. And uh,
0: you see right there on the screen, he's, he's just ball skills. He knows exactly when to separate. He has a frame that cannot be taught. He's six four. Um, and that's not generously listed he's legit 6-4 and uh, you saw it and I think that as Michigan State looks to um, rely on other guys now that Jalen Naylor is gone you're gonna see Keon Coleman Jeremy Bernard who also flashed these guys are gonna make it so that you don't feel that big of a loss for uh, Speedy Naylor who's now with the Vikings and um, you're gonna see a lot of production through Michigan State's receivers not named Jaden Reed.
2: Rumor has it, there's only rumor at the Quality Dairy, Tucker and Izzo had to be held apart of who gets Keon Coleman. So, that's only a rumor. I don't I can't confirm it, but he's he's obviously highly coveted, extremely talented, and uh I know both programs are excited about him. Yeah. Um when you look at QB1, um I think uh, you know, he's uh He'll be the first to tell you there, there's room to improve. He threw for four touchdown passes. Yep. And um, he
0: was the first to tell us. Um, he was. That's that, that's yeah. what I love about him. The leadership, yeah. right? Yeah. And I
2: love the leadership. You know, he threw four four deep balls, four touchdowns. His passing accuracy accuracy could probably improve. Yeah. Um, and I think uh you know playing against dad, you know is, I, I mean, me playing against my dad would would you know that's something that uh you know you would think about all the time but he's a great leader yeah and i think definitely he was the first to tell you yep. because he is a leader uh, of this team and this program that you know he can get better and i'm I'm very yeah. confident that he will
0: yeah i think uh when you know peyton's mindset and the way he approaches the game if he was the I guess the area of concern from that game you're in a good spot because i think you can count on him to be the one to straighten it out so that's why when i talk about my observations for the game i look at it in a very positive way because i know peyton's the kind of guy that he's going to improve upon he's going to learn from it in the press conference after the game he's the one that's categorized his performance as disappointing and um on I think it was Tuesday when he had his uh, midweek press conference, he kept harping on the fact that there were a lot of um, plays he'd like to have back. There's one or two plays that they think they could have scored touchdowns on. So when your quarterback is thinking like that, and he's a guy that's a veteran, he's a guy that approaches the game and his craft in a professional way. I think that's why you can really feel good about the overall observations from the game.
2: I actually loved his attitude after the game. I loved it. You know, he owned it. He pressed, he did a lot of the things and he saw and I just... To me, that's a sign of a great leader. Yeah. Sign of a great leader that, you know, this will... You know, that he he recognized what happened. And right. He's, in my opinion, obviously, as a Davey O'Brien finalist. Yeah. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. He's a great leader. Mm-hmm. He comes from a... You know, his dad's a coach. And I just... I think he'll be just fine.
0: One of the observations I had when watching over Peyton's performance after the game, because I was trying to figure out maybe what led to it, uh, whether his offensive line play wasn't giving him time or whatnot, I kind of found that the offensive line did a good job holding up. I think – a lot of the struggles were just kind of like you said, one off. Maybe it was the dad thing. It wasn't rooted in offensive line play that scares us going forward. So that's a positive takeaway from from that whole analysis, because they held up for the most part. Not not anything that you're going to be like, wow, sensational performance. But I think if you would have told me before the game that Jarrett horse was going to be on us on a pitch count and you're going to have um, Brandon Baldwin there. This is still um, a Mac level team. It's not FCS or anything. I think that's they they play better than i thought they would on the offensive line
2: so when you looked at the o-line how did you evaluate them i mean who started at left tackle right tackle what happened what were your thoughts when you looked at the o-line because cap is one of the best o-line coaches in america
0: right yeah for sure because you saw like what he did when um he took over and the the offensive line production they had with kenneth walker last year and um, yeah, it's it's a good question. When you look at the offensive line, left tackle, um, that's where we all kind of suspected that Jert Horst would be the starter and that he would play every possible snap uh, that he could. But uh, we ended up finding out that um, he was uh, not fully there, uh, fully healthy, I suppose. Um, and that's why he was kind of on a pitch count. So in, in his spot, it's uh, Brandon Baldwin, the former Independence Community College um product that signed with michigan state in 2021 so this is only his second year with the program i think it's only his third or fourth year playing football because he was a big basketball guy in high school so um he he performed admirably i would say um i think he he beat my expectations i was closely watching him during the game and uh he was a guy that never was um the reason for any breakdowns he was just a solid guy you didn't notice him which is what you want out of an offensive tackle um, and then beyond that, the moving from left to right, you had uh, J.D. Duplaine, who was as solid as, as it gets. I think he was Michigan State's highest graded offensive line blocker. Nick Samak, same thing. Very, very solid. Um, then Matt Carrick and Brian Green, they kind of swapped uh, back and forth. Um, nothing um, off the charts there one way or the other, so I guess um, you'll take that. And then uh, Spencer Brown at right tackle. He's going to be Michigan State starting right tackle, playing every snap where he's healthy, and no complaints there either. So like I said, um, nothing remarkable, but if you were, were to ask me how I would have expected them to do if Jarrett Horst was on a pitch count, I would say that they performed better than what I would have thought.
2: Hmm. Good to know. Very good to know. One fan is asking what ice cream flavors were Tucker and Izzo ordering, butter pecan, just so you know. Mm. Butterbecon, mm. yeah, that was a big fight. Just over. rumors,
0: though. Yeah, It's
2: just rumors. Yeah. Again, we weren't in there. This is all hearsay. <laughs> it's secondhand information, and we're not one to pass along rumors, but we are tonight. So we're going to get it all cleared away. We might have an update next week, actually, for you. <laughs> so that's what we want. But uh, talk, talk a little bit about MSU, the MSU transfers and freshmen. Yes. Shined. Yes. Absolutely shined. How about
4: that?
0: Yeah, I think that was almost the the most exciting part about this game is to see how they would be used, uh, what scenarios, um, the configuration, the scheme, and how they would do so. In that regard, first we'll just take a look at the performance here. Um, these uh, these stats were kind of put together. This graphic was put together by uh, Ryan Oblennis of the Only Color. So,
2: Thank you. Credit you know. to you, Ryan. Thank you.
0: So we see Jacoby and Jalen, who we've already discussed, Jerick Broussard as well. But the other guys, uh, Aaron Brule had one sack, and that was on only one pass rush, so he made the most of that um you see jalen Berger there uh with his 120. uh daniel barker he was a guy two two targets one catch one touchdown one handed in front of the student section also had two carries um, i expect jay johnson to use him much more and in uh continuously creative ways as he needs to open up his playbook he, obviously he didn't want to give away too much there but now that he finally has a tight end i expect him to be a heavy usage guy and jeremy bernard's uh, electric touchdown there uh, that, he, that he had a lot of yards after catch-on. I think that kind of shows you uh, why a lot of us were excited about Jeremy Bernard um, when Michigan State got him after he was released from his Washington letter of intent. I said right away that, that that would be one of Michigan State's best players in the entire signing class. I saw, I think, six plays against Bishop Gorman his junior year, and I knew he was the best route runner Michigan State had landed in years. And when Jaden Reed was on our show a couple weeks ago, he said – um, quote he's more advanced than I was as a freshman mm. and we saw it we saw it on Friday night we
2: did you know what that right there that that snippet that shot of the transfers and freshmen shining that that is a a credit not only to Mel Tucker but to the the maestro the general manager Saeed Khalif and to the MSU recruiting department for really identifying that talent helping fill those gaps and kudos to them for all their hard work, all their diligence, and everything that they've done. Because clearly, over the last couple of years, transfers, um, freshmen have made an impact on this program. So you have to give credit where credit is due. So Saeed Khalif and, and your your staff, um, keep up the great work that we're doing. Identify what you got to identify, fill the gaps. And and really, we're excited about uh, where, where, where this program is headed. Yeah, for sure. And um, if you want to read more about kind
0: of the usage rate of some of these guys, the newcomers, how they were used, uh, deep dives into schematics. Um, My article that went up today for The Athletic, uh, you kind of see that right on the screen there. So I dove deep into kind of what we saw and what that tells us about their usage the rest of the year. So if you're interested in that, definitely go check that out for sure.
2: Great stuff. On to some very difficult news. Um, You know... Darius Snow and uh, Xavier Henderson are out. And, you know, obviously this one hurts, right? Because uh, Darius was a great leader. Um, it's just sad to lose such a great leader, great person, great human being. And, um, you know, we wish him all the best. It's just never, never easy when you lose one of your leaders. And X, we don't know how long X is going to be out for, but he was injured. And so uh justin do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah for sure and who I think, fills in
0: yeah for sure yeah um yeah you did a great job kind of encapsulating the sentiments around the injury uh, snow he's by all accounts a very well-liked leader he's a guy that you put him in whatever spot and he's going to be reliable for you he was a nickel thumper kind of guy last year he was very reliable in in making tackles rarely ever missed a tackle Um, This year, he was going to be a guy that was going to be a coverage linebacker sort of variety. He was probably going to do a good job in that regard. So he'll be missed. But kind of, as you said, thinking about how they'll be replacing him. Um, Last game on Friday, Aaron Brule was on the field for nine snaps. Four of them was in pass coverage. Four of them were in run defense. And one of them was as a pass rusher, which is where he had that one sack. And that tells me that with him having that many snaps in pass coverage, he's going to be one of the main guys that fills in for Darius Snow. When he was at Mississippi State, um, he first, I guess I should note, received a second round draft grade before the 2021 season started by Matt Miller. So very good player who had a slightly, um, I guess, a season that didn't meet his expectations. But At the end of the day, this is a guy that has tape of him being good in coverage, and you saw the tendencies Michigan State used for him, as I just said. So he'll be one of the guys that I think will be replacing Darius Snow's snaps as a coverage linebacker, inside linebacker even though he has the pass rush skills, but he'll be able to utilize those when Scotty Hazelton dials up a blitz still. He's not just going to be a coverage guy and uh like we talked about earlier Ben Benson is another guy that I think can can has he has the athleticism to do it. So I think uh they right now have the depth and I think they'll be able to to tread water there. How about Jaden Mangum? Yeah, talking about um, Xavier Henderson's absence, uh, Jaden Mangum was the guy that came on the field right after um, uh, Kendall Brooks himself got hurt, who was the first replacement for um, for Henderson, but he came back later in the game, so all good there. But yeah, uh, Mangum and, and Brooks, those are two guys that uh, they're very, very, I guess, new to Michigan State fans in terms of on-field performance. But manga was a prized recruit that um, it's been, I guess, two years now since he's been uh, receiving heavy coverage from us on the recruiting game. And uh, Kendall Brooks, uh, name last year that got some, some buzz when he committed, um, he's, he was an FCS DB, but he was a guy that in his tape, he hit people. And uh, you saw that. You saw that in, in the game. And I think he's going to be the guy that'll be starting for Michigan state. If I had to handicap it, he'll be the one uh, starting next to Angelo gross back there uh, for Michigan state. So we'll see, we'll see how he does in coverage. I think he had uh, a more impressive tackling performance than a lot of us expected. I don't recall exactly how he did in coverage, but I think Michigan state should be fine with him filling in at safety there. And then Jaden man going to be the next guy off the bench.
2: Good stuff On to the zips four o'clock Saturday. The Akron Zips invade East Lansing, Michigan. Um, when we talk about Akron, who kind of had a rough stretch playing against St. Francis, um, you know they looked to be in serious trouble last week. Yeah. Um, when you watch some of the tape, um, you know Akron quarterback DJ Iron threw for two hundred and seventy-three yards, two touchdowns, zero ints. You know, they got a nice transfer and former pit-wide receiver, Shockey uh, Jax Louise, on eight receptions for 102 yards. Uh, You know, Cam Wiley carried the ball 21 times, 85 yards and two touchdowns. You know, obviously we need to take away the run. We need to control the line of scrimmage. It doesn't look like that uh, up front, defensively, Akron is... uh, um, as formidable but you, you know you never know yeah. right i mean you never know hopefully payton uh can have his way we're hoping that the offensive line can show improvement and uh you know this is a good test here leading up to the washington game and kind of right your biggest improvement is from game one to game two and being able to tighten the belts and, and correct some of the mistakes and get ready before that uh, that trip out west what are your thoughts on this game
0: I think um, you put it well. It's a a good primer for the Washington game because this is where you should be able to iron out your final kinks that you might have. Um, And what you're going to see is Mel Tucker uh, preached about after the game. He didn't like the cramping. There were some miscommunication issues. Things of that nature, I think, should be fine-tuned before this game. And um, everything should be seamless in that regard before they go over to Washington and play the Huskies. And um, also, you should be able to stifle the run against these guys. Um, I know the running back had 85 yards last week and two touchdowns, but Michigan State played a very formidable running back last week in Sean Taylor. Uh, He's a guy that... um, should have been more of a threat than, than he really was. So that, that uh, says volumes about what Jacob Slate, Simeon Barrow, those guys did for Michigan State on run defense. Played very well. Yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think Michigan State should be fine here, stopping the run against Akron, and if the Spartans are as good as a lot of us think they are, this is a game where they should have it in hand, um, I think, going into halftime, and ideally, it will allow you to rest some of your starters before you go ahead and play Washington. You're going to be able to see some backup quarterbacks get some snaps. Um, I expect Keaton Hauser to get um, quite a few snaps in this game if it goes to plan, so this is a game that should, should be exciting in terms of some observations on guys we might not get so, to see. So when you
2: watch the O-line and you watch the secondary, what are your thoughts on those two position groups?
0: I think one thing I want to say about the secondary, um, when you look at a certain stretch of last week's game, they looked worse than they really were. I believe it was the last three drives of the third quarter and the first drive of the fourth quarter. The game was at its closest point. And the game log, if I'm recalling correctly, went Michigan State missed field goal. Then Akron got the ball. They converted a third and seven on that drive, went ahead, and kicked a field goal. The next drive, Michigan State had a three-play punt, a three and out. Then Akron got the ball back, and they converted a third and 10 and a third and eight. So in that two-drive span from Western Michigan when the game was at its closest, the Spartans gave up three third-down passing conversions on third and long. Michigan State fans are thinking, oh, no, same issues as last year, right? But if you take a step back and you forget the fact that those issues were accentuated because they happened in close occurrence and when the game was at its closest and you zoom out to the overall game, Michigan State gave up 33% of their third-down conversions all game. Last year, that would have been good for 13th in the nation, right above Cincinnati, that was in the college football mm. playoff. So the secondary was not bad. I know that part of the game, those occurrences and quick succession, made it look like that, but they were they were pretty solid.
2: Wow, that's um, good intel, good insight. Always a pleasure. Um, so we're ready for the Zips. We, nice, you know, I don't want to call it a tune-up because football can. Turn on you, but we need to get ready for Washington and clean up, um, clean up some things. So we're excited for that. So now it's time for Owens MSU Athletics 360 update, where we talk about every sport MSU related.
1: What up everybody, it's time for Owen's MSU 360 update, where we give you the look around all Michigan State (laughs) athletics. Let's dive right into it, starting with volleyball. Michigan State starts 6-0 for the first time since 2012. MSU won their matches 3-0. They beat Navy 3-1 and VCU 3-2. Rebecca Poljan was named all-tournament team MVP. Evie Duzema and Meredith O'Gorman were named to the all-tournament team as well. MSU had 17-8. Against Navy on Friday, which were the most for MSU in a match since 1983. And now flipping over quickly to men's soccer on Thursday, Western Michigan took down MSU at DeMartin Field 1 0. And then on Sunday, MSU fell to number 14 Akron 2 0. Now over to women's soccer on Thursday, MSU took down Dartmouth 4 1. Rudy Diodati, Cameron Evans, Ranya senhaji and Jordan wickes all scored for the Spartans. On Sunday, MSU fell to number 11. Arkansas 1-0 in a really close match now over to field hockey on Friday MSU went on the road and took down UC Davis 5-2 Georgia Davies, Merrill Hansen, and Ellie Rutherford all scored Hannah Jarvie had a pair of goals as well then Sunday they fell to Stanford one nothing in a shootout until next week Owen, thank you for that
2: 360 update. That was phenomenal. Really appreciate that because we want to give a whole view of MSU Athletics. On the recruiting, talk to us, Justin. Michigan
0: State landed Colton Hood from the state of Georgia. He's a three-star from the state of Georgia, so those that follow my work, they know exactly how I feel about Georgia three-stars. I think they're as good as probably any other state's four-stars for the most part. And, um, Colton Hood is a guy that follows the trend of, maybe ranked a little lower than he should be, uh, but having an offer, offer sheet that far supersedes that ranking. As he chose Michigan State over offers from Clemson, LSU, Penn State, Florida, Ole Miss, and others. Um, so great offer sheet, a lot of schools that know how to evaluate corners. And uh, Michigan State was, uh, was on him back in early, early June, pretty heavy. And uh, now they um, uh, cycled back there here in, uh, in uh, early September and decided to, to make him part of the class. So uh, welcome to Colton Hood. And I think uh, he's going to be somebody that is uh, going to prove that his ranking is underrated for sure.
2: Excited to have you. We've yeah. also got a transfer coming our way. Yep. yep. Ken Talley from Penn State today earlier today committed Yep. what can you tell us about ken
0: yeah ken is a guy that is a uh he's a four-star from the philadelphia area your neck of the woods <laughs> yeah it's uh it's uh, well, hopefully he's an eagles fan but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a guy that uh, he's going to come in and probably redshirt this year, if I had to guess, kind of just get acclimated to the weight room, learn the playbook and things like that, but has a lot of potential. He's a four-star for a reason. Um, I think he was listed on Penn State's uh, roster as a linebacker, uh, but he's probably going to be more of a, a Sam linebacker or in Michigan State scheme. I guess I'd best describe that as maybe what Jacoby Windman did in week one. And uh, he'll, be, he'll be interesting to see how he's used. And I guess that'll depend on the trajectory of which way they have his weight go. If they have him gain weight to be a down defensive end, if they keep him as a stand-up. So just something to monitor there in the long run. But definitely gives Brandon Jordan uh, somebody to mold and work with.
2: That's wonderful. You know, speaking of Brandon Jordan, before we get to our, 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 next, our guest, yep. the National Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Brandon Jordan effect. Can you play that video real quick?
4: A guy after it oh.
2: rotated around on the ground a few times Kimbrough, Chester Kimbrough comes in and
3: Salapek. Oh pressure God. from behind, held on yeah, to the football that seemed miraculous, and brought down by Chris Bogle, the transfer from
2: tell you what, he's done one remarkable job you know, before Tell us a little bit about when you what you view when you watch our DNs and the way they rush the passer. What's different this year from last year?
0: Yeah, I think you see a wide array of athletic pass rush moves. Um, even Aaron Brule's one pass rush where he got the sack. He had a spin move that you need to be a next level athlete to execute on defense. As an NFL move, yeah, that's me. Yep. And Jacoby, you saw the ghost rush, you saw um, the duck under, you see the long arm at times. These are these are moves that Brandon Jordan has been working on with Jacoby since he was in high school. The video you saw the first half of that, working outside on the grass, that was uh, Brandon Jordan working with Jacoby um, back when he was in high school. And you saw Jacoby have some of those rush moves at UNLV. They're not all new from his Michigan State tenure, but... I'd say that they come from Brandon Jordan in a lot of ways because you see BT's NFL clients using them. And uh, I think it's undeniable the effect that, that BT Jordan has had on Michigan State almost overnight. He, um, he couldn't have had a better uh, product on the field from his guys if you, if, you, if you wrote it in advance because he had guys that were not with the program originally, Aaron Brule, Chris Bogle, Jacoby Windman, come in here and combined for six sacks and he's the guy that got it out of him and um obviously marco coleman kevin vickerson as well but it's undeniable the results that that he's gotten in his uh short time here already
2: speaking of jacoby winman before we intro him let's uh play our intro video on the national defensive player of the week
4: Got a little baby in the hood, I call her gang, she don't play with that bass I be fucking this NBA nigga bitches, you know I ain't never gonna say shit New contract being like I play ball, little boy ain't nothing to play with I told her pull up, she told me she can't, her nigga be sharing location I was riding in the ghost with a ghost gun, Seeing you out with your kids so you're one And my man in the can, while you're taking out the trash, you gon' pop with the mat like don't run They up they all get how you ever had
0: There he is, the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week, Jacoby Women. How you doing today, Jacoby?
4: I'm doing great, man. How about yourselves?
2: We are blessed, man. We're lucky to have a fellow Spartan dog and extremely, extremely proud of you. And thank you for joining us tonight.
4: Appreciate you. No problem, man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, so
0: uh, Jacob, we were just talking before you joined about Brandon Jordan. Um he's a guy that posted on twitter uh working with you since uh, i think high school if i recall correctly what it, what can you tell us yeah. about what you've learned from him not just in the last last few months but what have you learned from him throughout your time working with him
4: um I learned a lot from uh, coach b t you know he does a great job with just you know getting us together and you know um just working new moves and that's something I love about him because each each day is something different and I think the biggest thing is uh for our opponents to know what we're doing but also setting up for our next move and I think that's something he does great with
0: so after the game um I was in the uh in the press conference room and uh, a lot of people were asking you about your performance and uh, you're as humble as you always are, talking about how it's just one game. You're looking to stack day, stack games. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you're human. You watch the tape. Obviously, you had a great game. You have all these accolades. What, what does it feel like just seeing this sudden, um, I guess, um, realization of your hard work? What does that do for your confidence level and just your motivation uh, going forward?
4: Um, I, think, I think it's great for my um, confidence level because it's something I've been working for all my life and you know I've been working pretty hard to be in the position I am, I am in so uh, I think that just comes with the hard work I put in and um you know it's finally starting to pay off but it's still more work to do but at the end of the day you know I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of the man I'm becoming and the uh, football player I'm becoming and uh, I just continue to develop and get better each day
2: God you got you got me smiling man because I'm I'm proud of you, too, man. I'm proud of you, too. and I'm proud of you yeah. developing, you know, watching you develop as a as a player and as a man. And just couldn't be more proud uh, of you, you know, as, as a fellow dog. But uh, what made you pick Michigan State out of every other school?
4: Um, I just honestly, I just saw a, a better opportunity for me and my future. Um, You know, I just came here on my visit. I felt the brotherhood. Uh, I just felt like guys knew this was the place I needed to be. So uh, when I just sat down and talked to Coach Tuck and the other coaching staff for uh, hours, and, you know, I just came to a conclusion, like, this is the best place for me to be. And, uh, you know, Coach BT, he gave me that call as well that he might be coming his way. So that just kind of put the icing on top because I know what type of guy he is. He's one of those guys that's quiet, but when it's time to work, he get after it. And, um, you know, just we continue to let each other grow you know and watch each other grow as young as as men
0: yeah for, for those that don't know kobe had a lot of options when he hit the transfer portal i know mm-hmm. penn state was on him heavy and some other schools as well so um mm-hmm. michigan state uh it was not easy it was not easy to land uh kobe's talents but they uh they got him. and it seems like the vision that you had for for what michigan state can provide in terms of the opportunities has also come to fruition but I guess what I want to ask is, you get to play in the Big Ten now, um, one of the better atmospheres and, and pageantry, fan bases, whatever you want to describe it as. What was that like for you Friday night, playing in front of that night home Big Ten crowd at Michigan State?
4: Man, that was awesome. It was electrifying because it was uh, it was definitely something I never seen and experienced. But it was great to get in the woodshed and you know see all those different fans and hear those different voices. Just you know be loud and, and so confident and, and just happy that um, that football season is back. So that's definitely some energy I was able to feed off during the time in the game. So, you know, I appreciate everybody for coming out and, uh you know, packing the woodshed out.
2: You, you haven't seen nothing yet. Wait till you play them Buckeyes and you got that school down the road <laughs> and you want to talk about yeah. hatred and the war. It's coming because we take it around here. Very seriously. Speaking of coming, Tuck coming, and when <laughs> yeah. you first met, what were your first impressions of uh, a Coach Tucker when you met him?
4: Um. Honestly, I I say when I first met him, he's just one of those uh, laid back guys. I could tell, like you know, he's been there before. You know, he know what it takes to win. Uh, he he no talent when he said, and uh, not only just uh, the football part of things but just you know helping us grow as men because i believe you're gonna be a man much longer than a football player so Mm -hmm. he's just one of those one of those um people that that helps you and teach you the lessons of life and that's something i appreciate about him uh because he knows what it takes and um he knows what what it takes for you to be set up after football you know life after football
0: yeah so jacoby uh joining you as new spartan um transfer additions uh, on your defensive front there. We had Aaron Brule, uh, Chris Bogle, two -hmm. other guys that racked up sacks this game. You guys played off of each other all game long. Uh, One guy disrupting to set up another guy's sack. I think in my rewatch, I saw that both Bogle and um, Brule's first two sacks, you moved the quarterback off his spot. They were there to, to shore up the sack. What can you say about those two additions and uh, what you see from them their skill sets and how all you guys work together in that defensive front
4: um for the most part chris you know that's my guy and uh erin they both actually both go my guy and um those my brothers so just to see them work and uh and just to see it pay off because we you know we out there with each other every day so i see them putting in the work and i see Aaron training to be a better player every day i see chris training to be a better player every day and it's just exciting to see it all come together on game there. So uh just the the abilities that both of those guys bring, you know, Aaron being able to be one of those uh backers to have the, the, the rare ability to come on the line of scrimmage and rush the pass or uh, back off the line of scrimmage and play linebacker. That's that's just an awesome ability to have and I think that is something uh that that'll be very vital when we play other teams that, that he could do though. And um Chris Bogle, man, he's just one of those, one of those people who got that dog mentality, man. He he gets after the quarterback, you know. He's very sharp in the run game, and you know I just love playing with those two guys because I know I know one thing, I know they're gonna um, they're gonna make some plays, and I know they're gonna miss some plays, but I know they get right back to neutral, and you know they get the job done. So it's just exciting to be out there with not only them but the other uh, ten guys on the field because we all feed off each other.
2: You know now you got too much publicity, right? You're going to be drawing them double teams, and they're going to be, getting a, they're going to be one-on-one on the other side, and so that's going to happen. But uh, I want to ask you the culture shock of, you know, leaving such a quiet, you know, podunk town like uh, Las, Las Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> right, heading to a, a metropolis like East Lansing that's all night. What, what kind of culture shock have you experienced coming to East Lansing?
4: Um, <laughs> I'll probably say I haven't just maybe just like you know in Vegas it was more of like just flashy lights and um you know it was it was one of those cities that don't stop man it was it was a party city but when I got to East Lansing it just was one of those cities like I felt I felt like I was at home because I'm one of those guys that don't usually go out a lot so when I got here and I seen like it was a small city I'm like oh yeah this is the place I need to be but. That was during the winter time, so um, you know I had to embrace that snow. It was like one of my few times in <laughs> snow. I got a snowstorm coming at me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I had to plan ahead for that. I, I mean, but uh, it was definitely a good experience. And then, like you know, just up until now, you know, it's football season. Just to see all these people, you know, come out and how how much of a football town and basketball town, you know, just a sport orientated town that this is. I just uh, – it was it was very shocking because in the beginning, I didn't think, like, people would be out. But, like, now that I see that games go on, you know, like everybody come out to see the games, and that's something, you know, that's something I never experienced, and it was awesome. Yeah, you know,
2: in Vegas there's a lot of distractions. But East Lansing, yeah. they love their football. And just wait because you are going to be the center of attention, the intensity, the way – how serious the woodshed is taken. Um you know, Indeed. a Spartan nation is so excited to have you, and I'm telling you, we're so proud of you. We're so happy to have you. Your humility, the way you work, as as uh, you know, the the, the 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 type of young man that we want representing Michigan State University, um, well, I just as a former player, makes me makes me really really proud. Just texting you today, your yeah. humility, how humble you are, really really. Uh, I can't I can't speak enough, uh, Justin.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with all of Brian's sentiments there. So, uh, Jacoby, I got to ask you, when you're listening to music before the game, getting ready for your four sack performances, what's going through your ears? Well, what are your top five favorite Darth rappers? Garth Brooks. No.
4: Uh, yeah. Top five. I have to say NBA young Boy. Of course. Sure. Uh, La Baby. Um. Mm. I got a little ride wave in there. Um, I like i I'll be listening to Lil Wayne, a little Lil Wayne. You know, I gotta I gotta represent for the city. You know, so sure. that's one of, that's one of the goats. Um and Lil Dirk for sure.
0: This this yeah, has been like the best five. this has been the best top five we gotten on the show, at least from my perspective. Because I got Lil Baby, I got Lil Wayne, I got Lil Dirk uh in my top five right yeah. there. So Jacoby knows ball and Jacoby knows rap. <laughs> um so yeah yeah and and obviously he had to throw young boy in there but um it's uh i'd say that's more impressive than your than your uh, last performance so salute to you um make sure you get everyone hip to little baby and um that's that's all the questions i got for you
2: jacoby we appreciate you thank you for joining us the national defensive player of the week Mm jacoby winman we expect Three more of those. All right, this year? (laughs) Yeah. We expect three more. I got more than that, man. i love that because you're what who who two say he's three sacks away from hutch's record from his H- career total i believe yeah yeah Hutchinson, i haven't
0: checked it myself but. i haven't
2: fact checked it but i got a text today saying you're three sacks from uh surpassing the that guy down the road that was the number one overall pick for for sacks yeah. but yeah, well, uh, whoa, whoa whoa let's not give him too much credit he's number two overall brian number two yeah. overall. i'm sorry yeah so <laughs> we're, well, how about we're gonna go one at a time we're gonna face akron and that's all we're gonna focus yeah. on and and we're going to let the, exactly. the, the, the play speak for our results. So we appreciate Thanks you joining lot, us. Fellow dog, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we wish you all the best. Stay healthy. Go green and God bless.
4: Take care. Yes, sir. Go white. You already know it, man. Y'all do the same. It. Thank you. Take so care.
2: Side. Jacoby Windman, what a mature young man, wise beyond his years. You can just tell he is a leader. He's built for football. You know who he reminds me of? I know exactly who you're going to say. Tell me. K-9. K-9 as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Shali Calhoun. Oh, I see. He reminds me of Shalee Calhoun. Yeah. He reminds me of that maturity level, that leadership level, that humility. That is, he's got, you know, he's got a great future ahead of him.
0: But um, Michigan State now, the back-to-back years, um, at least it's looking like Jacoby Whitman is going to be this year's. Um, headlining transfer edition. Him and K-9, man, they're they're both cut from the same cloth. Both guys that burst onto the scene and kept their humility. And um, that reminds me of a lot of the same quotes that Mm K-9 had after that Northwestern game. He got national recognition, but always talking about stacking games in the next game. And I think that's one thing that you got to give credit for, uh, for Mel Tucker and Michigan State, especially interviewing a lot of these uh, transfer editions that they get the last two years um a lot of same characteristics in their personalities a lot of the same humility a lot of the same just put your nose down and work mentality um even jalen Berger, he was the other um, transfer that spoke to us after the game he had the same thing. He, he talked more about what he wanted to improve, talked about how he was disappointed that he was brought down on one of the times, said he should have been able to put his hand down and go because that's a drill they do. Just a lot of guys that they're not looking to, to recount their success. They're looking to look forward at how they
2: can improve. Because that's the culture that Coach Tucker is building, right? Yeah. It takes what it takes. Stack the days. Get better. Keep chopping. Yeah. The aggregation of marginal gains. How many... <laughs> How many more do we want? Huh? Uh, you, can, you can make you, 10 sweatshirts with you, uh, you, those you phrases. Just, you walk out of a press conference and every beat writer is all riddled. They don't know what the, what he's talking about. They're just writing stuff down. So I'm telling you, though, he's got everybody bought into the yeah. program. He's got Spartan Nation bought into the program, and yeah. uh, we're excited. So we got Akron on Saturday. Um, we got the Dearborn Heights Raiders against the Redskins on Saturday. Nick Mosalom mm. kicks off. We're excited. I'm going to be checking that PFF grade, Brian.
0: <laughs> and, and if he lets anybody touch his quarterback, not, that's on not, your we're coaching. coaching.
2: I'm, I'm coaching O-line. We have the best offensive line in the history of JV football, just so you know. Yeah, we'll see. Quarterback's we're, probably <laughs> going to be looking like Devin Gardner from a few years ago. <laughs> Minus 48 yards rushing. Let's hope not. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am Brian Musalam, along with my co-host Justin Thin. You are watching the SD4L show, Spartan Dogs for Life. Thank you very much for joining us. God bless, and go green. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone.
4: Why?
0: This podcast is sponsored by Eucora. UTIs are the worst. One year, I had eight UTIs, and I hated taking antibiotics so often. If you get UTIs, you understand how awful the cycle is. I was taking all the precautions, and cranberry products just didn't work. It was hard on me and my husband.
1: I hated seeing her in pain. And I wanted to help.
0: We're Jenna and Spencer, founders of Eucora. We make UTI relief products and innovative urinary tract supplements that give you a way to be proactive. At Ucora, we've
2: helped over 400,000 people get their lives back. Ucora's UTI emergency kit helps you test for a UTI and manage your symptoms until you can see a doctor. Plus, their proactive care supplements support your urinary health from every angle. Get 30% off your first
0: Eucora order when you text SUPPORT to 64000 text SUPPORT to 64000 to get 30% off. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T to 64000.
3: By texting 64000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Ucora. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at Ucora.com. Reply stop to stop. Help for help.